Coming at you from the Steel City, you're listening to Poor Man's Podcast, Pittsburgh's premier comedy podcast. Your weekly dose of humor hosted by Chris Hopper and with a new special guest each week. And here's your host, Chris Hopper. Woo! Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Poor Man's Podcast Sports Extra with Sports Guy JP. JP, how are you this evening? Uh, to say uh, what happened last week, uh, d- disappointing uh, last week. Um, I finally have collected my thoughts. I'm okay right now, but uh, that last one was brutal. It feels like it was forever ago. That, that's what's bad about those Thursdays, Thursday night games. When, when I hate it as a fan because it sneaks up on you. It's like, you know, you like having your games a week apart. It's nice It's nice in the moment, but that 10-day that ten, ten layoff, that's rough as a fan. Yeah, absolutely. And even as a player, um, c- coming on on a short week with an aging quarterback, um, d- definitely, you know, sh- shows um on the, the role road. that could play. Yeah. What? Well, what are you, some of your takeaways from the game? We going into it, we were discussing whether or not we thought it would be, um, kind of both teams playing up, both teams playing down. What are your takeaways from uh, Steelers v Vikings? Uh, I think Tomlin was spot on when he said they were JV. Um, they were outplayed at the line of scrimmage offensively and defensively. Um, they didn't come to life until fourth quarter or a little bit before then. Um, the uh, sparks we saw late in the game offensively and defensively from them was not enough to overcome the uh, pit they dug themselves into. Um I think they struggled to cover the uh, Viking stars from the get-go. Um, Dalvin Cook had over 150 and a couple touchdowns by halftime. And Justin Jefferson, they had no answer for, especially on the deep crossing routes. And when they finally adjusted to that, um, K.J. Osborne gets a deep touchdown. Um, I think it was it was sloppy football all, all, around, or all around until the fourth quarter when Roethlisberger... You know, it's what Ryan Clark said. He said he underestimated the heart of a champion. He saw that Roethlisberger, despite the offensive line struggles and despite how many points they were down, he really came together and uh, gave them a chance to win it. Yeah, that seems to be the story of the Steelers from the last couple weeks is just how they've played um, in the fourth quarter. And the story is also that they were so down in each fourth quarter. They've made nice comebacks, but why are you putting yourself in a position to need to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been playing sloppy football until Roethlisberger, and it looks like they, they play better in panic mode when Roethlisberger is then forced to improvise. Um, they can include Najee Harris. Um, you know, when they can to move the ball, um, I'd like to see him involved more in the past game, but, I mean, it's just sloppy football. They couldn't execute um, offensively. They weren't moving the ball. Um, I think uh, Joe Hayden being out of the lineup and TJ Watkin hurt definitely influenced them. But, I mean, it's just inexcusable football they played through the first three quarters. Yeah, and then relying on them to make a miraculous comeback at the end. I am kind of impressed. I, If you would have asked me five weeks ago if Ben Roethlisberger could do this a couple weeks, I'd say no way. So he has impressed me a little bit. It seems like yeah. s- since he announced that he wouldn't be back next year, his play seems to have picked up a little bit, at least from – from my perspective. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've I've seen him play um past couple weeks. He's looked sharp um late in the games. It's just like I I I want to see like I don't want to be playing catch up football when we can put teams away. Um, if I this fourth yeah. quarter would have been the first quarter, you have a different game script all around. Yeah, I mean I I well that's obviously the problem because I don't think that they are good enough to put teams away. <laughs> so yeah yeah uh, that too. Um, I mean I just it's what we've been seeing. You know, I think it's kind of the story all year. It's just inconsistent play. They're six, six, and one, and that perfectly summarizes who they are as a football team right now. What did you? Th- I I have to say, although it was an incomplete pass, Roethlisberger put that ball on Fryerbooth in the end zone at the end of the that, game. That was one of the best passes I've seen thrown all season. Um, That's one of the Fryermuth. best passes I've ever seen Ben Roethlisberger throw. Yeah, yeah, it looked like uh, Fryermuth was kind of like running out, then he was cutting in. Ben seemed to maneuver it right between the defenders. There were about three of them surrounding him. Um, Fryermuth's, um, you know, a ball like that, you just have to hang on. I think Harrison Smith made a great play. I understand he knew he was getting hit, but the, with that, the game on the line, it's just a catch you have to make. That is one. Yeah, you need to make it, but Harrison Smith... He made a great play on it. There, there can be a world where, you know, defenses can make plays too. It's not all about who blew the game. You know, a defense can make a play. And yeah, somebody else did. blew the game and it wasn't Fryermuth. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's get into who, I mean, who could you possibly be speaking of? Oh. <laughs> what What's your uh, take on uh, take on Chase Claypool? Um, exactly what I said from the get-go. He's an overrated wide receiver. He's a diva. Um, this is the third diva receiver we've seen in the past few years. Um, but AD when he was up with play. when when he was coming out of Notre Dame, I thought everybody was saying how he was a hard nosed player. You know, it wasn't like a look at me guy. It was more of a, a a blocker. He he played special teams. So so there's there's two options here. It's either he learned it through like Juju and Tomlin not addressing it, or he just has been this way and we didn't see it at Notre Dame. And I think the first one's probably more likely. Um media has been covering Tomlin the past couple weeks. Is this like hard nosed guy who's fed up with his players or, you know, you know, a man amongst men. But I mean, I've been watching this team the past few seasons. I think there's a bit of a culture issue. I don't know if it's you know, I'm hearing mixed things about Tomlin in the sense of like, well, different organizations would have things get out earlier and he's just trying to maintain it um but at the end of the day that there's an issue in pittsburgh and it needs to be addressed do you think whether it's with the players or the coaches do you think that it could possibly be that when tomlin came here there was a group of established veterans already on the team there were some leaders on the offense and on the defense and as time has gone by and those older players james farrier you know people like that heinz ward jerome bettis people like that as they retired troy polamalu Aaron Smith, Casey Hampton, guys like this in the locker room, they wean themselves out, and it seems like that's when, you know, maybe Tomlin lets the locker room run itself, and since there aren't those veterans leaders, you know, that are on the team anymore, minus Cam Hayward, you know, mm-hmm. it, it is what it is. The, the, the locker room polices itself, and it worked before when there were a bunch of professionals, and now there's not. Yeah, and it's definitely a generational thing. Like I, every generation, as they get younger, they definitely bring great new ideas. And I think you know a lot of young people definitely have you know a contributing factor to society or whatever it is that you're doing. 
but generally speaking, it seems like generations tend to be more, uh, I don't like to say soft, but I, I guess that's the word I want to use is like younger players, younger people just tend to not be as disciplined as previous generations. Cause you know, generally speaking, the world becomes a better, more progressive place. And I think that, you, you know, just part of the players from the Cower beginning of Tomlin era were definitely way more old school when it comes to football. Like in those days, you could hit wide receivers if they touched a ball. Nowadays, it's unnecessary roughness. Yeah, I, I think they're learning a different style of play. But there's a second issue, and that's that I don't see these same issues with any other team right. in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, could, could you see somebody on the Ravens doing that? I mean, like... Oh, can you see somebody on the Patriots ever doing that? I I don't see that. I I think it is more more they they can do what they want in the Pittsburgh locker room. And I in Tomlin's defense too, I think some of this is coming out, and he's realizing that this is an issue. He he mentioned this week in a press conference that that they're going to assess not only what they are doing, but who they are doing it with. And you know, if you hear these mixed things from the media, saying that Tomlin's you know hard nose, you know, men among men, then yeah, we'll keep him. But then assess who you're doing it with is important. Like you can win football games when you have generational talents like Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, even when they're acting up. I think that's why he was not putting, you know, a stoppage to the fire. Then you see the same things happen with Juju and Claypool, and they're not producing the way those guys did. Um, Juju... In Claypool, not nearly the wide receiver Antonio Brown was, never will be. And then I, I think Clay, Claypool's plays better than Juju, but Juju seems just, they're two different types of immature. Juju seems like he's developmentally like a, like a 10-year-old mentally, just doesn't get things. Yeah. Claypool's more about, look at what I can do. I got a first down and the clock's running. Look at me. Yeah. It's, he, that's, you know, that's one thing too, but you're like saying how there used to be like hard nose. And people are a little bit softer. Yeah, they are softer probably and, and a little bit like that. I mean, but it's also safer. That's what the way they've been trying to make the game, you know, eliminate head-to-head contact, all that stuff. Um, but you have to know just schematically and and at the end of a game to not do that, to not point for the first down. Like, that's not a soft thing. That's a stupid thing. Yeah, and I, I, I'm just going to be, be... – you know, honest about this. This, this, this whole thing of Claypool has really irritated me this whole week. And when, when you look at it, they lost a football game. Now, some people say, well, they lost because of what happened the first three quarters. True. Yes, that is true. Two things can be true at once. They had a chance to win this football game, but his stupidity put them, you know, he got penalized for unsportsmanlike in the first quarter. Yeah. That same drive, he missed a crucial block on third down. And he fumbled the ball, but they rolled him down because his shin was down, which was never a fumble. You know, in, in my opinion, that's a fumble. And he got off the hook. Um, it was a stupid penalty. He stuck a finger in a player's face. Despite what the other player was doing, you can't react that way. That is his eighth penalty this year. That is the most among wide receivers. And it is the most among all players. Um, he's tied with a D-back, I believe, on Detroit. But... There's the only two players in the league of that many penalties that do not play offense or defensive line. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an issue. He that, um that that's obscene. Yeah. And it this seems... is a week after he wanted to play music in practice. <laughs> yeah. Like there 
and to quote what he seems to be completely tone deaf yeah and rich eisen said this week too on his show his first down symbol that he did is the actual personification of asking for more music during practice he said (laughs) it's yeah it's the actual physical movement of um i want more music during practice rather than focusing on the actual practice right and and the worst part about all this now you can make stupid penalties, drop a couple balls. All is forgiven in this league if you win football games. You know, if if, if Friar Muth makes the catch, yeah. Claypool makes a two point conversion. We have a tie game. He goes from villain to hero just like that. Yeah. And the the, the worst is you know you lose the game. Okay, so the blame's on him. Like I, I get it, and it's it's stupid things. It, it, it used to and be that the you worst 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 part about all of this was when he blamed trey turner in the press conference after the game he was like oh he was trying to get the ball for me and then it fell and we lost time because that no we he's trying to get the ball because you're pointing for the first (laughs) down mark when the clock's running what what are you doing (laughs) blaming your teammate because you're too big of an idiot. And that they've media's been all over it this week too. Larry Fitzgerald would take the ball from teammates to get that ball placed, or he would run faster to the ref to get that ball placed and he would on the football field. This guy is pointing first down with a clock running, and then when his guard tries to grab it to get that ball placed, he has the nerve to point the finger at him. Or, you know, Friar Muth when the ball got scuffled afterwards. What world, like, you have no nerve to be doing that. The Steelers need to, seriously, to forgive this, make the playoffs with him having a productive season. Otherwise, I've seen enough about this guy. It's time to make a move. He's a talented wide receiver. I get that. He made a lot of great catches and put them in position on that final drive in particularly to win that football game. But constant stupidity with him. The we need um and it's what he said, we need um music at practice. I did my first on celebration, you know, not celebrating the team in any way. He's blaming his teammates. Um even last year he had an incident with a fight at a bar and n- now again he's um j- just it gets I mean, to a point is, where the headache is simply not worth the talent. Is there He's nobody in that locker room, though, that, I mean, I would assume the people in the locker room have to have a problem with it and have to tell him that. Does he not care? And if they're not telling him, is it because the team just doesn't care? Is it just apathy all around the entire place? Because he likes to act like he's he's this diva wide receiver, but you used to have to be productive to act like that. When T.O. was acting like that, he was making, you know, the Pro Bowl, when Randy Moss was acting like that. When there's people like that. Chad Johnson. When there's Juju's people... been to a Pro Bowl. Yeah. I mean, he's been yeah. to a Pro Bowl, but even still, like, I mean, he hasn't done shit since AB left. Yeah, yeah. I, I meant that more as a uh, insult at Claypool, like even Juju. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, well, it used to be, yeah, okay, AB acted like an ass, but he was leading the league every year, okay? And then Juju was wanted to come in and do his thing. And then he did get a Pro Bowl, but it was lesser and lesser. And then you have that headache. And now we don't even get the production anymore, and we still get that. Yeah, and it, it all comes down to even when he said the Browns were going to collapse in the playoffs last year after 
Cleveland blew Pittsburgh out in the playoffs. Browns are going to get clapped Kansas City's. Yeah, well, congrats. Kansas City barely beat them. And they were in that position because your team got destroyed by a team that hasn't made the playoffs since, what, 2001 with Tim Couch or whatever it was before then. Like, take some accountability. Like, I don't care if they're going to get clapped. You lost. You're yeah. watching from home. But, like, to me, that was the whole, like, but like Connor McGregor running his mouth on Poirier as they're strapping him into a cast. Yeah. Um, you know, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, you can't talk shit if you're not holding the belt. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the thing, too, that, like, it, it, it got, went from bad to worse. And then they asked Roethlisberger about the incident, if, he, if he'll address it. He said that's Coach Tomlin's job. Like, I, I, I get, yes, that is on the coach, but... Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, yeah, they would have rang out anybody if that would have Tom happened. Tom Brady would have taken him off the field. You go sit down. Yeah, and it's Tomlin's credit. At least he did bench Claypool after the uh, unsportsmanlike, but then they had to throw him in because they were just playing catch-up the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you, it, it's just yeah. there's a headache here. It's a culture. You don't win football games with guys like that unless they are a generational talent. You said like a Randy Moss or T.O. Right. This guy is a good talent. Yeah. He's He might make one Pro Bowl in his career, but that's all he is. He is not worth what he's doing. And quite frankly, I think you could get something good for him on the trade market. Yeah, well, we'll see. Those NFL trades are never... It's strange, like, the value they put in. You see certain people go for, like, a sixth-round pick. It's like when you're turning in your video games at GameStop and trying to get some store credit, and you turn in eight games, and they give you $8. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, eight bucks for Claypool. Would be, <laughs> I'd be satisfied. Yeah. No, get the new oh. Lord of the Rings game. <laughs> I, I just can't stress enough, like, it's one thing to lose football games, you know. Let's say the Claypool stuff never happened. Yeah. If if Fryermuth drops the ball and you lose the game on a drop pass, yes, it sucks. But it's one thing. If you lose on a stupid penalty, that's even worse. But I can't think of a worse way to lose than this guy just watching the <laughs> clock run, pointing at the first down when you still have 30 yards to go. That is like, because being, like, is... stupid is one thing. Like, there's there's, like, a level, like, knowingly, like... Like, when there's crimes, okay? You can knowingly do something. You can negligent, you know, but di- different layers. Him doing that is essentially not caring, which is the lowest. Not knowing <laughs> is, like, a, a step above that, you know? But not caring, that's the lowest rung. Yeah, and even, like, the Bengals-Steelers playoff game a few years ago where the Steelers won the field goal after perfect hit A-B and then Pac-Man tried to you know, get involved, and he pushed. I believe he ended up pushing an official. Both That's stupid not the penalties Jones, that I know. have happened, and you lost. However, like, tensions are high in the game. Like, it's inexcusable, but I would still rather lose that way than have a guy pointing, signaling first down when you really look like an idiot because the clock's running. You haven't scored a touchdown, and they said they lost. They lost. Minimally one more shot at the end zone, most likely two. I I, I think he just doesn't care. He, he he wants to be paid. He wants to be on, uh, you know, NFL Network. But he doesn't want to be an NFL player day to day. 
he, he wants stats. A lot of these new guys just want stats. Even like AB would pout when he didn't get his numbers, you know, five catches for 50 yards or whatever the imaginary record they made up for him. Right. No one cares about that. It's no longer what? like a team thing. It's not the the Super Bowl is not the most in, uh, impressive thing. It's can I get my numbers? Can I hit my contract incentives? Yeah, they traded Santonio Holmes years ago. That guy was winning football games. You know, you, you didn't see this with Heinz Ward. Or, you know, it, it's it, it's a diva thing. You can be flashy and not a diva. Look at what Justin Jefferson did. Yeah, he's a flashy wide receiver. Some he has his own celebration. But he doesn't do that until he scores a touchdown. Yeah. Like, I'm all for a touchdown celebration. I I don't mind. But, like, singling first down, I don't really mind singling first down if the clock was stopped. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. Or or even if the clock wasn't stopped, but it was the second quarter. And not in in the fourth quarter. On the road, while your team is driving down, it was like what a ninety-eight yard drive. Had they scored, yeah. <laughs> so they're down there. He just kills time off the clock, signaling for the first down, and then God, he's just. How do you go into the locker room after that if you're Chase Claypool? Well, like you said, he doesn't. Care. He doesn't care. <laughs> How doesn't Trey Turner beat the crap out of him? Like you mentioned my name, like I was trying to get the ball placed because you are stupid yeah well he's like that little kid who's like i i don't get my way so i'm not gonna care Uh, uh." like i'm gonna do me kind of thing like i don't care you don't know better than me it's like i said deontay johnson's a saint because he just doesn't do anything (laughs) all right he made a great play to getting out of bounds to get that at the end of the game, when he got out of bounds, he should have been tackled two times at least. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of crossing in bounds considering how little time they had. You don't yeah, see yeah, that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Deontay Johnson just missed a couple tackles and got out. Thank God. That easily could have been, you know, if he doesn't make that play, game ends there. What do you think happens if Chase Claypool catches that? <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I, I, I would have taken him out of the game immediately, but if he catches that... <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, yeah, with two seconds left, which was on the clock after, uh, he, there's no way he gets out of bounds. <laughs> He's trying to go for the end zone. Yeah, he, he fights for an extra yard, or he steps yeah. out and then like trucks some guy out of bounds and gets yeah, a no. pi. I, 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 I still don't like Roethlisberger's comments saying that that's Tomlin's job to it technically maybe the coach's job. Um, but no, no, that that part of the quarterback's job, whether it's in the job description or not, is to, to lead your team, and th- that was ridiculous. I agree. That that's like when you, when I anywhere anywhere you work, when somebody says that's not my job, that that eats through me. I hate that more than anything. Yeah, and Roethlisberger came from that era too with the Coward guys. So I feel like I don't have to be a leader when Jerome Bettis is here or when Heinz Ward is here. Yeah, he never really had to do that, and I don't think he's ever developed as that. Another thing, too, he caused issues when he was younger, too. So maybe there's part of him that's like doesn't want to address it with the guys. Yeah. Or maybe he's mentally clocked out. And say, well, you did this, this, and this. Yeah. But, I mean, even in addition to Claypool, it, it was a bad out. Schobert and Bush struggled to fill the gaps early. They had three run stops on 30 chances. O-line allowed 15 pressures, five sacks. Sealers as a defense at zero. Um, it, it, it was bad um, all around. If the Steelers won any shot, had a playoff run, 
they're going to have to win next week with Tennessee yeah. coming. And that that's, brings me to my last point I want to make about Claypool is why does it matter? Yeah. And this is why Ravens lost, Bengals lost. Lamar Jackson hurt his ankle. He may miss a week. If um, you're a Steelers fan, as many things outside of that game went f- for you, everything yeah. that could have happened that you needed pretty much did. Marlon Humphrey done for the year. Like The what? Ravens could be in some pretty bad shape. Yeah, Ravens are trending horribly. They are a hurt team coming off losses. Steelers are right there with Cleveland. And here's the thing, too. Uh, since he swept Pittsburgh, but guess what? They get the same amount of wins. Pittsburgh goes above them because of the tie. Oh, wow. That's a big deal. Um, that That's the benefit of tying the fucking you, Lions. Yeah. <laughs> a win over Minnesota this week puts you in great shot. a great shot right now. Buffalo lost, dropping them to the seven in the wild card race. And What's up with Buffalo this year? Not to, to go on too much of a tangent, but going into the season when it was the Chiefs and Bills, wasn't that the first game of the year? We thought that was going to be an AFC matchup, the AFC championship matchup. Not that it still hate, can't be. I, I jumped on the Josh Allen bandwagon this year pretty quickly. I had questions about him every other year, but I jumped on. I think we still see a little bit of inconsistency in this play, but... I mean, Bills' run game is non-existent. If you're in a, you know, third and three, yeah. you got to run the, you know, like they aren't running the ball. Everyone, they're a one-dimensional team. Um, quite frankly, they don't really have a complimentary receiver to Stephon Diggs either. Yeah. I just don't think they're as explosive as people thought. Well, let's get back to uh, Tennessee then. What What are your thoughts on Tennessee? Um, obviously, no Derrick Henry still. He won't be back yeah. this season. Well, yeah, I, they're season. a different team without Derrick Henry, needless to say. Um, Steelers uh, played well against Henry last season, too. Um, but, I mean, without him, they're just not what they were. Uh, Tannehill's gone since the injury of Henry. Four touchdowns and six interceptions. Um, they're a 3-2 and two team right now without him. Um, I, I think the Steelers have a good shot this week. I, do. I thought Minnesota... Like I said, they both play their level of competition, Minnesota and Pittsburgh, which is exactly what we saw. That was exactly what we saw from both teams was Minnesota's a team that blows it, and yeah. Pittsburgh's a team that can't, you know, get from the get-go. And I, that's exactly what we saw. But I think Tennessee has a lot less. less it was a stoppable force against a movable object. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think Tennessee's got a uh, slightly less talented roster than Minnesota. Um, A.J. Brown's still expected to be out. Um, Julio Jones just returned from injury, but he hasn't been the player in Tennessee that he was in Atlanta. Um, and uh, there's questions about uh, Bud Dupree was on the IR. He is eligible to come off, but we there's a pretty decent shot he's not playing this week. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the Steelers really need to get a win here if, if they want to have any shot at a mm-hmm. playoff spot still. Do you know what place they're in right now? They're right outside the wild card. Yeah, there's like almost everybody in the AFC is competing for it outside of Houston and Jacksonville. That seems to be the – I mean, that's the story. That's what happens when there's this much parity and every team is just average to slightly above to slightly below average. Although I'd it's say funny. most teams then, are on average to below average this year. There's really mm-hmm. not there's there's a couple good teams. 
Packers and the Bucks, and but in the AFC, I mean the Chiefs. The Chiefs are looking pretty good now. Their defense is starting to. I mean they've been stringing together some some performances. Yeah, it's something. Even with this season, it's been you know crazy among all seasons that we've seen. We're in December, and look at the NFC. It's still Brady and Rogers. AFC is still Belichick and Mahomes. Um, you know we we uh, see a more even playing field across, but I mean look at who's at the top. It's it's the same faces. Yeah. Now, what do you know what the, the spread is? I thought it was pretty close. Last I saw it was one and a half. Um, Pittsburgh was plus one and a half. Okay. So yeah. they're right down the middle. I, I actually kind of like the Steelers' chances this week. Um, they generally play well against Tannehill. Um, uh, Tennessee's just not explosive about Derrick Henry recently. Um, I like Vrabel as a coach. Um, but, I mean, I, I saw that um, Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt could be on track to return, so could Joe Hayden. If the Steelers are healthy and these guys are back, I do like the Steelers' chances this week. But this could be the last one of the year, despite their schedule. It's tough. They play. They go to Kansas City after, and then they have Baltimore and Cleveland again, which are both going to be must-win games. Yeah, definitely. It's big having those divisional games at the end of the year because those – Basically count as two, the way you can move in the rankings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. you got to get these wins more so for the other teams to lose, too. Um, with the way the Colts are playing, if the, if the Colts can hop Tennessee and the Steelers can beat Tennessee this week, that could play a factor in the wild card as well. All right, JP, you want to get into some of your picks then? Sure, and uh, well, what, one last thing on the Steelers game before I do that. Um, what a blow it was this week when you look at the defensive players in this league um, to TJ Watts, defensive player of the year status. He was heading into this week. Everyone was saying he was uh, basically a guarantee to win. I know Miles uh, Garrett scored a touchdown. Miles Garrett has strip sack for a touchdown. My, I watched that play live. Miles Garrett had a strip, had a sack, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and a touchdown all in the same play. Uh huh, and that was just like with T.J. Watt on the sideline, like you just kind of saw it slip away. You can hear it like a pinball machine, Bing, 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 <laughs> Bing, like each stat going up one. Mm-hmm. And it, things got worse. Micah Parsons, rookie, two sacks, a forced fumble, and that forced fumble led to a Dallas touchdown. I saw that. Aaron Darnold, three sacks last night against Kyler Murray. Um, I checked Vandal today. T.J. Watt, who was a guarantee a week ago, is now third behind Garrett and Parsons for Defensive Player of the Year. How about Parsons? Parsons is explosive. He has 12 sacks from him. He plays, you know, inside linebacker generally, but will play the edge. And I, I don't remember who it was, but they said, if that guy only played the edge, how many sacks would he have? Yeah, that's insane he, thinking about that. He came out this week and said he doesn't think the NFL is that hard, which is never smart to say. Yeah, I, I heard that on the radio today. That's pretty much the kiss of death. As soon as somebody – didn't somebody else say that? A Someone couple, else said that. I forget who said it. Was it like Josh Rosen or somebody? It was somebody that, like, <laughs> never beat anyone. And they're like, yeah, why even say that? Right, there's no good in saying that. Now, like, you have a target on you. Yeah. Now I mean, every Ryan every Leaf veteran's gonna go two after. Games. I'm sorry, what? Ryan Leaf won his first two games as a starter. Hey, he did better what? than Peyton Manning the rookie <laughs> years. And then he finished his career four total wins. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, he would and start six for the Jets or Texans. 
Yeah, yeah still <laughs> right now. Oh, while well, I'm thinking about it, um, uh, this is kind of random, but I you always hear these Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman commercials on the radio. Do we oh, think? Uh, yeah, uh, I've heard them on the radio, seen them on TV. Yeah, so we know that the both the Shenderovich brothers, the twins, uh, they have their law firm, and then there's Fishman. Do we think that, say, like, I don't know what their names are, Gary and Carl Fishman, or not Fishman, Shenderovich. We'll call them Gary and Carl because uh, I don't know their names. And I don't want any kind of legal ramifications. So do you think it could be, like, Gary's, like, Derek and Carl is, like, TJ? Like, one of them is a super good lawyer, but f- but <laughs> if, if Fishman wants to be part of it, he has to take the other brother on. Like, I really hope I got Gary Shenderovich. <laughs> right, right. It's like because we don't like, know well, that they're both good. We just assume that they're both equal because they look the same. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I've never really considered that. That would be like Alec being like, "Will you bring uh, Danny and Billy with me for this movie?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> strong Baldwin <laughs> reference for the kids at home. <laughs> um, yeah, that's funny too. But if yeah, I if no I was idea. Billy and Danny, I wouldn't go on any set with Alec Baldwin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. <laughs> let's get into uh let's get into the picks all right um oh well, one last thing now that you mentioned the watt brothers one thing i did want to mention too was uh tj watts had these nagging injuries all year he's 27 years old that was the same age jj watt was when he got his first serious injury um you know just being genetics i think it's something that the seal should have their eye on um because yeah. it looks like for as dominant as he is he became what the second NFL player in history to have four straight sacks with thir- or four straight seasons with at least thirteen sacks. So obviously he's dominant, but I think like it's something to consider. Like JJ was never the same player after his serious injury. What if TJ gets a serious injury? Yeah, I mean uh-huh. I guess you could say that about any player, but genetically speaking, that makes sense, especially somebody with injury history that it seems mm-hmm. to be you can't go a week. Or just his body breaking down too. Like, you know, I'm I'm just hoping that you know it's not a repeat. Absolutely. I mean, we see Derek seems to be pretty uh pretty solid. Pretty so maybe maybe <laughs> you can go a little bit more like Derek. I was gonna say I, I think he could use some more. You know, <laughs> some more injury. More, uh, more just playing time. Maybe or maybe yeah. he's just so bad they don't want to put him in. Well, then that would require them to run the ball. If we That's exactly in. why it's like the Shinnerovichs, like. TJ's only Derek's only there to keep TJ happy. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's that's exactly the analogy. Are they both there? Because you know, if we want TJ, we got to have Derek. If you want Carl (laughs) Shenderovich, you got to have Gary. All right, let's get into the picks. Number one. All right, uh, Thursday night, Kansas City minus four against the Chargers. I'm going to take it. I think this is a great. Uh, great pick this week. I think um, Kansas City's finally finding some rhythm, and when they are on, they are better than any team in the NFL. Chargers defense has allowed the fourth most points in all of the NFL over the past four weeks, while KC has allowed the second fewest. Um, I like Andy Reid on a short week um, better than almost anybody. Keenan Allen's coming off COVID. We'll see how he performs. Derwin James is day-to-day with a hamstring. And uh, Rashawn Slater, their um, magnificent rookie tackle, um, he's dealing with COVID. I think he'll be rolled out, and that's a defense, you know, has Chris Jones playing on the D-line for Kansas City. 
He's an absolute monster as well. Yeah, he just wrecks the game straight like up the middle from a nose tackle position. Yeah, and he's kind of like will tell you that's worse than an edge rusher. Oh yeah, that's like the Aaron Donald rush, just going right up the middle. Although they're built very differently. Aaron Donald, could, could you imagine the defensive tackles that were playing? You know, even a decade and a half ago, when there's uh, you know uh, Pat Williams and Casey Hampton and Kelly Gregg and you know people like mm-hmm. that in the middle. Yeah, guys, who was sole job is just to be big to take up. Right. Spot. Tony Saragusa, like all those guys. And yeah. and now you see Aaron Donald and he looks like he uh, he looks like he's uh, a a bodybuilder. Yeah, I heard he would practice with like knives in some way. Like I I forget exactly the practice routine, but it's like insane. Yeah. He, uh. He's just a freakish athlete playing that position and like you on Monday night, like, he drew, not only did he have three sacks, he drew a couple holding penalties, and it's because these he's running through guys, and they're holding him just because they're falling backwards. Yeah. He is just so powerful, which is strange, but maybe it's all about leverage and stuff, because he's not, you know, six foot eight. He's not big John Henderson wrecking havoc in the middle. He's I think he's only six one. Right. So maybe the, the compactness is, is a benefit. It's all about leverage. Low man wins and stuff like mm-hmm. that. He looks like he's stronger than anybody in the league, so why not get up under him, move him out of the way, and go get your sack? Yeah, and even before Vaughn Miller was there, they never really had a great complimentary rare pass rusher. Like, it's him just wreaking havoc. Up yeah. The I mean, they had, what, Clay Matthews, but that was five years past his prime. <laughs> I forgot he was even there. Yeah, I remember him that day. With Eric Weddle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they were almost the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, just getting everybody together and then not doing anything. Yeah, it's a t- t- <laughs> taking a play out of the uh, old Washington playbook. I Speaking guess. of the Lakers, Russell Westbrook is the NBA's equivalent of Chase Claypool. <laughs> yeah. Just however you want to interpret it, interpret it. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Number two, I'm going to take uh, the Patriots plus two and a half against the Colts. Okay. I think. Patriots are playing better football than anyone right now. Their defense has been incredible. Um, Belichick in December is historically his best month. Um, defense hasn't allowed at least 14 points since October. Um, both teams coming off a bye week. I think that benefits the better coach, who is Bill Belichick. Um, I, I just just look for them to cause discomfort for the Colts. Um, Could Jonathan you imagine? Is playing phenomenal, but... He hasn't had to play against uh, Bill Belichick at all in his career. Could you imagine how good it would be for the NFL, though, if the Patriots with new Mac Jones make a make a run in the playoffs? Could you imagine if it's Patriots with with Belichick and his new quarterback, Mac Jones, against Brady coming off a Super Bowl? Oh, my. It's the best way to write it. Like, the Steelers could get in, and I still want that. still want to see New England and Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. That's just what it is. I mean, there's so many great storylines. It looked like Belichick was already lost the debate. Brady was better. But now, like, no rookie quarterbacks ever won a Super Bowl. What if, you know, Matt There's so many storylines. And Belichick should be coach of the year. There's no doubt about it. From what they were last year to what they are today, they began, I think, one and three. And, like, they've been lights out since. They are running the ball incredibly with all of their running backs. 
they're um, controlling the line of scrimmage with the offensive line. Matt's doing what he can. They're playing defense. You know, it, it's exactly like the Patriots during their early Brady years, and, you know, it's, it's exciting. Mac Jones seemed like an afterthought of quarterbacks coming into this draft. Yeah, it seemed like you got to get a young mobile guy. You know, Trevor Lawrence was obviously, like, the guy, the prospect. And then guys were like, well, I, I like Zach Wilson because of his, like, mobility and arm. They related it to Patrick Mahomes because every rookie we have to <laughs> compare him to somebody who they're not. Eric Ebron drew comparisons to Jimmy Graham, to put that in perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. They must have left out the as a bear part. In the- <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be that would be the best like <laughs> draft analysis, similar to Jimmy Graham, and then in parentheses Chicago. <laughs> He, he he reminds me a lot of an Emmett Smith type on the Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> He's a lot like John Mackey today. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, I, it's a very similar comparison to the early Brady years. You know, they don't have the superstars on offense, but they play efficient football. They don't turn the ball over. They don't make penalties, and then they just play defense. Uh, it's old school football, and it's what I like. It's what the Steelers should be, but it just haven't been. How crazy is that, too? And it shows you how important is, you know, doing your role, doing what you're supposed to do, following the scheme. If mm-hmm. you have a lesser talent team, you know, the Patriots historically have been. Look at Brady coming out of the combine, pick 199. When you look at the way he's built, he's not like the, the prototypical mm-hmm. athlete that you're looking at now. The whole time, I mean, they had Randy Moss for a year and a half, essentially. But every other guy, I mean, Wes Welker, I mean, he's he was great there. They have Troy Brown, who was who played both ways. He was good. I'd, there was Pat. But Belichick knows Branch, who to pay, too, and what not to pay. Like, yeah. look, Jamie Collins, Kyle Van Noy got good contracts elsewhere. He just brings them right back at cheap because yeah. he knows they're not going to be game breakers anywhere else. This is my system. If you don't want to play at this level and win Super Bowls, I will just find a replacement who will do your job just as well. And and it's the same way, and we've talked about this weeks prior, with cornerbacks. He just has an all-pro corner, and then they leave, and he just gets the next all-pro corner. Mm-hmm. And J.C. Jackson, I think, who is not even in the defense player of the year discussion, like really should be because he doesn't put up numbers because he's not getting thrown at. And despite that, he's still a second interceptions. Behind Trayvon Diggs, who, by the way, I heard, I think, now, like, I, I don't want to be quoted on this, but I heard somewhere, like, he's allowing the most receiving yards, like, in main coverage or in something like that. Yeah. He's really not that good. Yeah. That was going to be deceptive. You know. I mean, you are bound to come away with more interceptions than other people when you have 10 times as many opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, they just pick on him. You don't see it's that. It's a sheer volume action. at that point. Mm-hmm. You don't see that in J.C. Jackson. He's playing great at a position of high need. He's still got the McCourty brothers in secondary. I like how New England's playing football. I like their shot against the Colts this week. And you're giving me the points plus two and a half. Give me the better team. Oh, and, and by the way, by the way, I did go five of five last week. Oh, wow. We, we always forget to go over how you did. Each I know. Week. I have no idea where my record is. Or what it is, but I did go five of five, and I have to m- make a keynote. 
Baltimore lost by two. I took them plus two and a half. <laughs> hey, 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 ask Fandle what they think. Ask them right. if it counts or not. <laughs> All right, uh, so that's your pick. Let's go to number three. Number three. This one is tough, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the Saints against the Bucks plus ten and a half. Um, Taysom Hill hasn't played particularly well, but Brady's Bucks are 0-3 against the Saints in the regular season, and the Saints give them problems, and they won these games handle uh, pretty dominantly. Um, Brady has seven interceptions in those three games. Um, Antonio Brown still not available, and he's Brady's safety blanket. Um, I, I, Bucks will win. They're a better team. It's just due to the history of what I've seen past two years and ten and a half points. I'm just going to take the Saints and see what happens. JP, did you see that they're going to come out with, I guess, some kind of Saints movie on Netflix where Kevin James is playing Sean Payton? Uh, I have not. Kevin James is more of an Andy Reid. Yeah, I, I don't know what that is. Also, I, I wrote down Kevin James because I wanted to remind myself. Is there a bigger chasm between two people with the same last name other than Kevin James and LeBron James? That's something we'd have to think about as like maybe distance cousins, how far away we could get. Because I'm going to say Kevin James and uh, LeBron James rarely, if ever, rarely uh, get confused for each other. Yeah, yeah. They're both kings, though. I can assure you that. Yeah. King of Queens and the King. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that uh, expert. We have too many Laker references in this episode, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? They're uh, they're the gold team in the NBA since Pittsburgh doesn't have a team. Do you do you would you have any interest in uh, Pittsburgh getting an NBA team? If they had it, I'd give it a chance. But I would rather have what we have because the Penguins have been successful. Um. Steelers have been successful, and I don't like baseball. I actually like basketball more than baseball, but there's something about baseball that I'd rather have a baseball team than basketball team. Well, yeah, it's nice having each season, you know, having mm-hmm. basketball overlapping with hockey. Uh, we we don't really know what we're missing. Plus, I'm NBA not... is so hard to be good in, too, especially if you're a new franchise. Yeah. Although, I mean, you get one good guy, give it a year and a half, and have them, uh, you know, uh, recruit people. Because that seems to be what the NBA is all about anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, too, because you mentioned uh, Kevin James playing Sean Payton. Um, Bill Belichick did say he was going to watch the midseason uh, hard knocks on the Colts for a uh, uh, film study this week. Oh, yeah? Uh, I, I feel like he was just trying to be funny. But, like, because if you're a professional football team, you're not putting anything on hard knocks that's, like, Given anything away. Yeah, but Belichick's a creep. Maybe he's like looking and he's like, oh, they did this. They think this. Maybe he's like, I see this poster on the wall, so they feel this way. You know, like he'll be like real sneaky about it. Yeah. Or he just has cameras on there at practice, you know. He's like, their linemen only lift 350 pounds. (laughs) Let's get to the next one. Number four. This is my lock for the week. I, I, I like this a lot. Um, Green Bay is minus four and a half against Baltimore. Um, Aaron Rodgers in the last three games, 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and has gone for over 300 yards in all of those games. He's playing a team who hasn't had Marcus Peters all year. 
team who just lost Marlon Humphrey. Um, Lamar Jackson's questionable. There's so it's just an ask. What's the status of um, Lamar Jackson? Yeah, and they're playing who, uh, Huntley at quarterback yeah. since Rodgers. Four and a half. Yeah, I'm taking Green Bay. Are they um, playing in Baltimore? They're playing in Baltimore. That that I was going to say, because it seems like the spread should be higher if it was a neutral field. Or That's Green what I'm Bay. saying, because uh, Lamar's up in the air. If this is one of those games, take Green Bay early. If he if Lamar is rolled out, that spread will go above seven. I agree. That is one I fast on. And even if he does play, he's going to be banged up. I, I like Rodgers mm-hmm. by more than that. He has an ankle injury, which means his mobility, which is his best um, asset, is going to be limited. Baltimore's defense has also allowed the second most passing yards in the entire NFL. And now they're down Humphrey. Yeah, uh, you know, all pro caliber player. Um, Jar Alexander is likely to practice this week. He could be back, and Eric Stokes has been incredible at corner in his absence. So look for whoever's playing quarterback is going to struggle against a team who's wide receiver. A team who is not known for their wide receivers is playing a tough secondary. And I don't know if Lamar's going to be under center, and if he is, he won't be at 100%. I get Rodgers, the numbers he's put up. He is the league's MVP this year outside of Tom Brady, in my opinion, thus far. Four and a half, very favorable spread. Um, Green Bay's playing the most consistent football among anybody this year, and I, I love this pick. I do too, JP. That makes a lot of sense. Let's get to uh, your final pick then. Number five. Whoever thought these words would ever be said, I say the best for last. And by <laughs> but by best, I mean just these teams combined probably less wins than average. Yeah, these teams combined have less wins than the Steelers do, to put it in perspective. But I'm going to put my confidence in it. Give me the Houston Texans plus three and a half against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You like the Texans over the Jaguars? Easily this week. I know um, Tyrod Taylor was banged up. I don't know if he'll be back this week. Despite that, Texans handed it to him early this year in week one. I know it's a different year, but, or, you know, different um, scenario. But there is tension going on in Jacksonville with ownership and Urban Meyer to the point where it is bad. Yeah, this is a dumpster fire that is not going <laughs> to get put out. Houston, you're giving me a field goal, over a field goal with, um, or Urban Meyer. You know, there was the pictures he had with that woman when he told his team he was going to stay back this year. Um, <laughs> he mentioned this week that Andre Cisco, their third round pick safety, he said, yeah, he, he's playing more um, defensively, and on, he played 21 snaps on defense in the past five games in zero this past week. He doesn't know what's going on there. The players have come out and said that they don't like him. Um, Former coaches, he had a staff meeting where, you know, his message was basically, I'm a winner, and all you assistant coaches who I hired are losers. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Uh, Like, show me your record, buddy. Yeah, You're not a winner. Like, you won because you had Tim Tebow in college, and that was cute, and it was cute when you brought him in to play tight end for three days. For publicity, um, you haven't won. You, you've won in college. That's a different game. Your message may that resonate with kids who are happy to play at Ohio State and want to go professional. But with grown men, it's not resonating. Marvin Jones, you know, was um, had a heated argument with him, and 
Meyer denied that it happened, but multiple sources from Marvin Jones said it happened. Yeah. So I'm I'm assuming that it happened, and he's just lying about it. He has a history of. Oh yeah, Urban Meyer's word yeah. means nothing. His word means nothing. Exactly what you said, Marvin Jones, who is not a Chase Claypool or AB. He's mild mannered. He's out of the media. Like he has no reason to lie about this. Yeah, and Urban Meyer has every reason to. I, he he just lies all the time. About everything. I wouldn't want to play for him. And th- it's sad that uh, Trevor Lawrence has to come into the league under a coach, you know, that's, that's you know, and an entire organization that's garbage. You see that so often with some talented guys that come in into such a bad situation, and that's one of the downfalls. I mean, it used to be you'd get, a, you know, a, a ton of money that you're set for life for, and you'd go to a dumpster fire for a couple of years like Jamarcus Russell. But, like uh, – that's how it is when you come into the league. You're with the worst teams, and that is just a shit organization. Yeah, and he, Tom Coughlin, when he took over their operations last season, he was, like, privately telling free agents, like, this is what happens. You probably don't want to come here. <laughs> and he was saying that as, like, their guy running the operations. And, yeah, he was obviously fired immediately. But Trevor, as... Trevor Lawrence, like you said, it, it, it's sad. He was a, He's a generational talent. He was compared to John Elway, like it was kind of like he over he won over Andrew Luck as that prospect. Um he made the college football playoffs three out of three years. Like the guy is talented. But when you look at his numbers, like he threw four interceptions last week. He has one touchdown in his last six games passing that is. And then outside of week one, now I know that was against Houston, but Houston was a dumpster fire you know, week one, they were much worse where they were in week one than where they are today. Not that they're great today, yeah. but, you know, as the season progressed, you know, Deshaun Watson stuff is, you know, on a delay at the moment. I think that they're more comfortable where they're at. So Lawrence did throw three touchdowns that week. We also threw three interceptions in week one. But since then, he hasn't had a single game where he's thrown for more than one touchdown. Oh, wow. All year. Yeah, it's it's a horrible organization, and I think they have a decision to make here. The players do not respond to Urban Meyer, and this is all coming out this week. There's no way these players and coaches want to work for this guy, especially this week of all weeks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean there was talk of him being fired a couple weeks ago, and they're surprised that he's still there. Yeah, I think that they got to move on, find a coach for Trevor Lawrence. You're going to pick. They're going to pick in the top two, maybe three. Um, if you're picking third, just get yourself a lineman or a playmaker for Lawrence. Build around him. You know, get, get yourself a coach. You know, it's Urban Meyer is a good college coach. He's not. It, you see it a lot. It's just NFL is yeah. a different game. Yeah. You saw that. I, I thought that was going to happen with Pete Carroll when he came, and he ended up doing all right. But Yeah, he's yeah, like he, the exception. But, but I mean, you saw that with, with Nick Saban when he took over Miami. That was a disaster. Yeah. It was. Uh, and Ur- Ur- Urban Meyer, I just feel, I, I don't trust this guy. I don't trust his judgment. Yeah. He even had that incident in Ohio State. He was, like, covering up for an assistant who, like, allegedly, like, beat his wife or something. Yeah. He, he's overall known to be kind of a shady guy. And uh, it's not like he's known as this d- quarterback guru who develops these excellent quarterbacks. Like in college, he had Tim Tebow. Yeah, and um, Chris Leak, um, yeah. Dwayne Haskins. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, 
like for the exception of Alex Smith, like we said last week was a bust until Harbaugh came along. Um, yeah, Alex Smith's the best one he's developed. And I wouldn't say like, like I wouldn't say like quarterback guru who developed Alex Smith only. Alex Smith from Utah? Yeah. Did Urban Meyer coach him? He, he coached, yeah, Utah with um, Alex Smith, I believe. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's when Pitt was um, in the Fiesta Bowl. Fiesta Bowl with them. <laughs> yeah, that was their last BCS appearance. Now they're in what the the Peach Bowl. So there's like six bowl games that matter this year. Now, did the Cotton and the Peach Bowl join that? I, I think they did. Um, or because it like, used to be the Sugar Bowl, the Rose Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, and the Orange Bowl, right? Yeah, now I feel like Cotton and uh, Peach have gotten up. They're like high end tier two bowls. It seems right. like. And, uh, there's Pitt, like um, four big ones, but there's uh, the next level. You have those ones. We were always talking about that. Mm-hmm. I hate to say, it, but I, I think Michigan State's going to beat Pitt, especially if Pickett doesn't play. Oh, if Pickett doesn't play, I don't think there's any chance. Yeah, if you're Pickett, one... do you play? Uh, I, I would. For me personally, I get the idea of don't hurt your draft. So, like, if he doesn't play, I, I get it. It makes sense. Yeah. For me, though, it's like. This organization's given me four years, maybe. Was he a five-year starter at Pitt? Uh, I think he was on the team for five years. Yeah. Like, I've said all these records. I, I, I could not look at my teammates and say I'm not playing. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. I know Christian McCaffrey held it out of his bowl game, Um, and it makes sense. Like, I understand it. It's different when you're a quarterback, and I feel like... It's just I feel so like, if anything, much. he's afraid to put tape on the field against a real <laughs> opponent and drop his draft stock more so than getting hurt. Hey, may, maybe, and that's all part of it. I mean, you have to do what's best for you, and I get that. And as, as a fan, I, I'd like to see Kenny Pickett play just to see what they can do. But I, I, I'm with you. I, I don't I don't fault the guy if he doesn't play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't fault him, but. I said like it's I, so I, I, easy I, to talk I, I, about I, somebody else's life and future. I mean, that's a lot of money this guy can be coming yeah. into in the next year. You could also light it up and go earlier, but I mean, I think odds are probably the opposite. Yeah, I, I agree. So those are your your picks. Can you run down the, the picks one more time? Uh huh. I like Kansas City minus four against the Chargers. I like New England plus two and a half against the Colts. Uh, Saints plus ten and a half against Tampa Bay. Don't 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 love it, but we're just gonna see where it goes. Um, then I love Green Bay minus four and a half against Baltimore, and uh, Houston Texans. Believe it or not, plus three and a half against Jacksonville. When you said it was the first time you were saying that, I figured it had to have to have been. Uh, Jaguars, Texans. Right, right. Because well, as soon as you hear plus three and a half instead of like 18. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, who is comparable to them? Okay. If they're not playing the Lions, they have to be playing the Jets or them. Yeah. And we know Pittsburgh's playing Tennessee, so it's not them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, um, two, one thing too. Uh, Houston's a plus 150 money line too. So if you're getting risky, I think Houston money line is a good pick. Well, plus 150. Well, there you are, JP. Thank you very much. Is there anything else you'd like to end on? Uh, If you get a first down, just hand the ball to the official. There you go. Act, act like you've been there before. And then, uh, you know, that kind of thing. 
That's what that's what everybody says. At least uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, my uncle would say, right? That's that. Yep. Who, who they always compare com, compare it to? They're the the older guys. There's who's like they always say now with Larry Fitzgerald, but they're always like he used to just get the ball and hand it to the ref. That was Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders is yep. is yeah is who you always hear that about. <laughs> All right, JP. Barry Sanders handed the ball to the ref because he was just like, I mean, he was playing in Detroit. He was like, if, if I don't know why he wouldn't like celebrate more. Maybe they would have like traded him or something. I don't know. He was probably just trying to get the hell off the field so he could breathe from <laughs> being done carrying the team. I'm sure the defense was going to get scored on immediately, and then he'd have to run the ball 18 times to. He he, he would have like a 40 yard run and then run for one yard ahead <laughs> after he made. All eleven guys missed for forty yards behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> yeah. Oh and yeah. Charlie Batch was like, "Look, look, look what he did." Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sure he would run for fifty yards to gain five. <laughs> Funny fact: I heard a story. Char- Charlie Batch when he played with Barry Sanders, handed him the ball once and just watched him run, and the coach yelled at him because he didn't like uh, <laughs> boot bootleg or follow through on what he had to do. And Batch was just like, "That that's Barry Sanders." Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> And then the Lions went uh, two and fourteen that year. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scotty Mitchell never panning out in Detroit. Uh, yeah, you, never panning out in Detroit could be the, the tagline of eight different guys. Yeah, Calvin all first Johnson round picks. Bet- both retired before they were thirty. <laughs> that says everything you need to know about that organization. Oh yeah, get the hell out of there. I, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, I think that would be one of the the worst places if I was a young. NFL prospect to, to have to go and hear that, you know what, next four years you have to work in Detroit. Oh, my God. Th- this year of all is really bad at the top of the draft, like Lions, Jacksonville, Texans, mm-hmm. like comp- Giants compared to other years because, like, there's a lot of parity for the mid-tier teams. Then, obviously, you have your Kansas Cities and Green Bays, but, like, the bottom of the totem pole is the bottom. Yeah. Like, worse now than ever. I would be pulling for Houston just because I'd rather live in Houston than any of the other cities. <laughs> All right, JP. We'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there. We'll uh, t- check with you next week. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, listen to the regular Poor Man podcast. We just had Eric Nesby on, comedian. Uh, we had a bunch of comedians from the Matt Light Ugly Sweater Party uh, happening December 16th, probably as you're hearing this. So there's still time to get tickets. So get there and uh, join myself and Shay and enjoy the show. Um, and then listen for Kevin Budkey next week. Um, but thank you all for listening for uh, Sports Guy JP. Thank you so much again. All right. Thank you. And we'll tune into you next week. We'll see if we can go five for five again. But for JP, I am Chris. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. We can't promise not to embarrass you. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Poor Man's Podcast 412, Twitter at Poor Man's Pod 412, and Facebook. This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Man's Podcast signing off. See you next week. Play to win the game.